Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Olive Magazine podcast, the weekly ramblings from the hungry Olive Magazine team. My name is Laura Rowe, the editor and your host. This time the cookery team, Janine and Adam, talk about next generation food gifts to make for Christmas or any time of year, come to think of it, including gin and tonic dip dabs and giant pizza cookies. Travel editor Rhiannon and web editor Alex are chatting about Stedsons in the woods or foodie camp in the heart of the Swedish forest where you can forage for mushrooms, eat forest flowers in an open air restaurant and bob about on a lake in the floating sauna. Plus, editorial assistant Ellie and digital intern Amanda get into the festive spirit. There's really no resisting it now. And talk about Christmas drinks and their favourite Bailey's Bakes. First up, here's Janine and Adam. Okay, I'm here with Adam. Hello. Writer today. Hi, Adam. Hi. And we're talking about Christmas. It's yes. Here. <laughs> it's here. I mean, it has been Christmas for a little while I in think our it's world. What, what day is it today? November the 7th? 7th or yeah. 8th, yeah. And apparently that it's now officially okay to talk about Christmas. Yeah, the big C word. Well, yeah. the other big C word. <laughs> Maybe the other, other big C word. <laughs> so we've had um, our issues been out for a week now um and the, our december issue it's not actually a christmas issue we've got a really amazing bumper christmas issue coming up mm-hmm. but it's kind of like getting ahead for christmas so we've covered things um like the feature we're talking about today which is making presents for people yeah um i don't know about you but when i was when i was little <laughs> i used to sort of make really dodgy kind of toffee and fudge and yeah the wrap classics. it up in terrible wrapping give it to people i made a really watery piccalilli for a lot of my family one year (laughs) you know everyone's like "Mm," you know it's like the sort of thing that everyone cracked open in boxing day and were like you know like spooned onto the plate and all the liquid just sort of seeped out into like the rest of the food and turned everything yellow and everyone's everyone's really nice you wouldn't do that these days though no i wouldn't do that now but they must have been thrilled because at least you tried to yeah Yeah. well i think like everyone likes getting handmade because it's like it's thought you know and also i mean some people might be like, that's cheaper. That's a cheaper way of doing it. But it doesn't yeah, have to be. You and put, it's You put the love into it, haven't you? It's time. You, you spend it's, time. Yeah. You've thought about it. Yeah. Because you're, you're usually tailoring it to someone. Like my family, we love mm. our Boxing Day. Um, like buffet, lunch, yeah, with all oh, the ham and all the cold cuts. And like piccalilli, yeah. piccalilli is like a massive part of that. So I was like, I'm going to make it this year. And that'd be like a real talking point and everyone will love it. And have you improved your piccalilli game since then? Do you know what? I honestly don't think I've ever made it after that. <laughs> 
I think that's something that you should put on the, Maybe. Put on the list for Maybe. Christmas. Maybe just say to everyone, I've, you know, I've done it, yeah. I've improved it. Yeah, I think they'd be, thing. now that I am actually a real life cookery writer, I think they'd be expecting like fireworks. So <laughs> it, would just, it would just be piccolily, like where's the twist? Uh, <laughs> well, in, our, in the feature in the magazine, we've kind of gone, I mean, I guess we've gone a step further than piccolily. We've got some really interesting things in there. Mm-hmm. Um one thing that I really loved was um, we decided to do grown-up dip dabs because we'd seen it on some trendy menus. So if you remember, dip dabs are like sherbet dip dabs with a little lolly that you put into yeah. them. Um, and Katie, who's our, our writer of the feature, came up with the idea of using uh, gin and tonic flavouring, which is you can now get, it's in tiny little bottles and it's a bit like um, using vanilla extract or yeah, orange I mean, extract. Yeah, the baking, the baking aisle, I think, just for the yeah. essences and extracts. Yeah. Um, because gin's be, gin remains one of the biggest trends. I mean, it just... It just, just doesn't go away. The trend that... Not that I want it to go no, away, no, but it's just <laughs> it's still there. No one wants gin to go away, but it is the trend that will not die in terms of... Um, you know, taking gin and using it in, we, I mean, we've had it in stews, like slow, slow gin is yeah. beautiful in cooking, mm-hmm. but this is kind of taking it a step further and using it in a, in a sweet recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you tested it. What is it that makes sherbet sherbet then? So sherbet is really, it's the citric acid. All right. So it's like a powdered uh, acid available. You actually have to go to the chemist to buy yeah. it and it will have um, uh, like, you can eat this written on it, you know, yeah. like you can use it for culinary purposes. <clears throat> yeah. Because um, I think you, you can get you can get clean in citric acid as well. So just, yes, just when you're yeah, it, it will it will it will say in big bold on the yeah. packet that you can this is edible basically. Yeah. Um, get that one. Get, yeah, <laughs> I, I I would suggest getting that one. Um, and yeah, and then it's just sugar, so it's like that sweet sour yeah. in the same mouthful. Um, and you can thing. but you, like I mean obviously we've got ratios here. I think we've got um, we've got 150 grams of granulated sugar to one tablespoon mm. of citric acid and and that's pretty punchy i think yeah a few people you whiz it, yeah you whiz it together with the flavoring and the food process and it becomes that powdery sugar yeah, yeah. but a few people found it quite i mean i did i think i've just basically my sour yeah like, it's a bit tolerance. lower see i'm like so i'm gonna crisp that's that's yeah. me but like and that was perfect in fact when i used to work as a chef we used to i used to just pour citric acid well, like have a pinch of citric acid <laughs> onto my tongue just for just like a little kicks. yeah why not i love yeah. sour things so that was perfect for me yeah but you could you could take it down or bump it up oh, a little I mean, bit more it, i mean if you know that you don't like sour things start with two tea like two like a teaspoon yeah, like yeah. Then and you then, don't whip it out have a little that. taste and yeah. you know you just yeah. make it your own it's good fun but that's mm. yeah that's that's a really good one and we made um well katie did a recipe for little lemon um lollipops to dip in um, yeah. and they look so perfect on the pick we actually just i think was online now you can get these really great silicon molds where they've got little, little kind of circles um carved out of them yeah. and you just kind of pour the so they're like indented so yeah. it just sort of sits in there and you just stick a yeah. thing in i think i i did the old-fashioned way with a silicone mat yeah and then just spoon out little blobs yeah. and then uh, yeah push the, the stick in yeah and quick. you can do that as well and yeah. they look they look cool they're yeah. a bit, they're a bit quirkier but it's nice like presentation wise it looks really good you know yeah. so people i think people would be really impressed by mm-hmm. that um Another thing I think they'd be impressed by is um, we've got a Christmas cocktail and one, talking about trends again, another trend that we've been seeing, whether you're in a bar or whether you're in a supermarket or an off-license, is uh, pre-made cocktails. Yeah, I mean, the classic gin and tonic in a can is yeah. like the thing that yeah. you might, might... Which I, you, most people don't think is a cocktail, but it's still a cocktail because yeah. you're mixing things together. But, but I think like in a lot of trendy bars... Um, 
because obviously I'm always hanging out in trendy bars. Yeah, me too. You literally will be able to buy a bottle, like something like a Negroni, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. something without the fizz, yeah. um, that they, you know, a, a mixed drink that you then just pour over ice. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a bit, bit lazy, I think, because yeah. bars there to make you a drink. Yeah. And you go in those bars and they'll charge you like eight quid for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ours won't cost you eight quid. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> um, and again, it is, it's a proper heady mix. There's like Blanco tequila in there. There's Cointreau. There's whiskey, um, elderflower cordial, cinnamon, cloves, orange peel. And you, you get, um, if you go to um, some kitchen shops, you get those little kind of small um, bottles with a... Yeah, they're um, like what, 100 mil, 150 yeah, mil little with glass. With a little screw, little, yeah, like with a little, little stopper. Little, yeah. yeah um, and you can fill that up, put a ribbon on it, put a little um, tag on it. And I think that's such a lovely present to give to somebody. And, you know, and it's booze as well. So. Every, who doesn't like booze? <laughs> and this is a great, this is, it, it's really surprising. Like when Katie was telling us about it, she said that um, she makes it for her family every year and it goes down really well. Yeah. Um, and we continue the booze theme because we do like a bit of booze on olive um, with a, a marmalade. I love this marmalade. I've got, I've got it in my fridge at the minute from testing. I took a big jar home of it. Um, and it's got another trendy um, booze in it, which is Aperol, which yeah. is the new Campari. Yes. Everyone was drinking Aperol spritz this Everyone, year. Everyone, still. Ubiquitous. I think, yeah. Uh, and it's I mean, not a winter drink, though, is it? It's no, it's, def- it's definitely a, a summer drink, but mm. it's one that I particularly love. Yeah, what's your winter drink? Uh, Guinness, probably. Is it? Yeah. Mine is um, dark rum and ginger ale. Dark rum and ginger ale. That's a Christmas nice. drink. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyway... Back to the marmalade. <laughs> it's lovely because it's made with red grapefruit. So you get this absolutely beautiful, bright, orangey red colour. Mm-hmm. And then you just sort of stir an Aperol at the end. So you get like a little hint of the bitterness. Yeah, yeah. So and that like, like echoes the bitterness of the grapefruit. Yeah, so you sort of make uh, a, like a red grapefruit marmalade, but then you st- at the end you stir that Aperol through so you get all that like vibrancy, that bitterness. It's none of that is cooked away. So it sort of balances and yeah, it's... it's... You, don't, you don't lose any of the... The, the sort of the niceness of the cocktail yeah. and the character of the cocktail exactly well. exactly also um we've got something which we were really excited about and i love this because this kind of shows you how you can make something that it sounds a bit kiddie um when you talk about it but it actually looks great so we did this idea for a chocolate chip cookie pizza um i'd seen something really similar to this when when i was in new york last because obviously they're, they're king of the cookies over there so you um you make a giant chocolate chip pizza and then cover it in like a schmoz. That's like American melted marshmallow, marshmallow and chocolate. chocolate. And then we've got caramel sauce as well. Yeah, and little toffee pieces yeah. as well. And um, and one thing that we found, because we did we did a lot of, we've got a lot of tips about where to get things online, um, is that you can get great packaging. So we've shot this actually in a pizza box because yeah. you can go and buy like really nice kind of natural cardboard pizza yeah, boxes. Yeah. So you can put your own message on the front or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's great about this feature is it gives you that extra little um, hint about how you can package things up yeah, and yeah. how you can, you know. so when Make you, them into the real gift yeah. that they are as opposed to just here's a jar of something. It's like here's an actual gift. Yeah, but I think any kids would be absolutely thrilled to get one of those or if you took it along you know as a gift for like if you're going to a party or a, a meal on mm. christmas eve or something so everyone can have a slice of it afterwards well going on the people in our office <laughs> who absolutely <laughs> like demolished it as in fighting over each other arguments elbows <laughs> yeah. everywhere to try and get that last slice it's it's so good yeah and it's kind of crunchy at the edges and then more chewy, really chewy the soft in the middle yeah, yeah and just yeah. loaded with sugary goodness really yeah, i'm 
I'm starving. Yeah, so am I. So am I. <laughs> but yeah, um, do check it out. There's loads more things in there, including a more traditional pickle shallots. There's Bailey's chocolate tiffin. Um, it's a lovely feature. So please mm-hmm. go and check it out. I know it's some issue, but thanks for talking us through it, Adam. No worries at all. Next, we have Rhiannon and Alex. So I'm Rhiannon, Olive's travel editor, and I'm here with Alex, Olive's web editor. And Alex, you're not long back from a really inspiring trip to Stedsands in the Woods, a yeah. Swedish restaurant with rooms with a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and eagle-eyed readers might have caught some lovely photos of your trip in the November issue. But tell us a bit more about it. Stedsands in the Woods is a quite a complex one. When I've tried to describe it to people... It's quite difficult to describe, so I'm going to do the best I can. Um, So it's an ongoing project from a couple who are actually Danish, uh, and they're called Meta Hellbach and Fleming Hansen. And they sold their Copenhagen home and rooftop restaurant Stedson's Ostergro um, and moved their family just across the water to a seven-hectare plot of forest next to Lake Halle in West Sweden. Um, And the focus of their restaurant in Copenhagen was to make guests happy through sharing food and bringing them closer together um, and to nature through the use of like, fresh ingredients and really simple cooking, which can sound a bit... There's a lot of it going on at the moment and it yeah. can sound a bit cliché and more style over substance, but I can really vouch for them. Like They're doing really amazing things and it's really like it's very, very unique and very real as well. Um, and they've taken that farm-to-table idea to the next level in the heart of the Swedish forest um, <laughs> with a restaurant where they can grow almost all of what they're cooking on site. So, it, sounds, um, yeah. it does sound amazing. It sounds like they really practice what they preach. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it sounds quite immersive. You know, it sounds like you dine in the restaurant, but you actually see them picking the veg and doing the cooking. Is that right? Yeah, it, it's really very immersive. That's a good way to describe it because you are literally in the heart of the forest surrounded by what you're eating and surrounded by nature and the idea is to really switch off and get in touch with nature again like this these (laughs) phrases are thrown around so much at the moment but um you can like go foraging with Fleming and like spot the wildflowers with Mette and um the restaurant itself is an ongoing or the whole thing is an ongoing project um but at the moment um they've actually closed for the winter so they're they're doing lots of refurbishments and they're reopening in May next year and um, when I visited in um, late August, they had a very rustic setup in the middle of the woods. So there's lots of open fire cooking and a tarpaulin and people sit around a shared table. It's really, it it's really dreamy. lovely. Um, and the team actually has really exciting plans to create an, a third space that will be like, it's like neither indoors or outdoors. Oh, Again, it sounds a bit weird and random, but like it. <laughs> If, if it's anything like what I'm imagining in my head, it's going to be amazing. Um, so, so what do they mean by that? So it's going to be like a greenhouse that they're building directly onto the forest floor. So it's like going to provide, like nature and the forest floor provides the natural carpet. So you'll be stepping on moss or something. Yeah. Um, Lovely. And then the trees will grow up through the building, which is going to be like quite atrium-like. Um, and then the natural sunlight and the stove will provide the heating and they're actually going to, the family's actually going to live in the uh, atrium greenhouse as well. Oh, so it's going to be big. So yeah, it's yeah. going to be really big. I can imagine it being really ethereal and like something out of Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But the Swedes are so good at that, aren't they as well? That kind yes. of um, 
forest living. And actually that forest setting is crucial by the sounds of it, which I'm really intrigued by because so many people seem to be embracing that Absolutely. forest gardening at the moment. Um, you know, I'm thinking of people like Mark Diacono at Otter Farm in Devon, mm-hmm. um, which we're featuring in our January issue. Um, Watch the space. <laughs> and it's, exactly. It sounds, it sounds so sensible when you read into it that it's a kind of low fairly low maintenance sustainable mm-hmm. way of growing without if you haven't got huge amounts of space and that if i understand it right the there are different cro- crops go to get grow together at different levels so you might have vines up above and obviously taller trees like fruit trees and nut trees and then on the lower layer you have berries and uh, things that grow on bushes and then vegetables and herbs just above ground and then ground plants like strawberries right through to root vegetables and it is it sounds a bit like that's what they're embracing at Steadsands. yeah yeah that's a really lo- nice way of putting it like the layering of the you know the nature and the forest life and it's supposed to need less um maintenance I think growing that way than if you have l- a lot of land with lots of beds that's yeah. what I understand well, so I suppose because it's like not the natural ecosystem like you know works your favor isn't yeah. it because um if you think everything you know the the trees are providing you know food for that if they, the leaves drop that's providing stuff on the forest floor and then that encourages you know insects and like flowers and everything to grow so it does sound absolutely dreamy yeah i'm imagining like um, a cartoon with like flowers like butterflies and unicorns yeah. <laughs> well yeah so it but it is it is kind of like that because they really do like Meta and Fleming really use what nature has provided so the forest floor is like carpeted with those like blueberry plants and wildflowers and rock piles covered in edible moss so it is like a little fairy fairy grotto like you can imagine okay, we're probably going a bit too far here but <laughs> you can imagine like little fairies living under um the toadstools and yeah, things, yeah because that's what that's why it's so magical because you really go back to to basics and to thinking in a way you know, of like nature being so beautiful and like really, really appreciating it, which is quite hard to do because we're quite far removed from a lot of people, yeah. not everybody. It's quite far removed from nature at the moment. And from where our food grows. Exactly. exactly. We just go and buy it from a shop. Yeah. So this is literally like they they pick flowers from the forest floor and then a couple of hours later, they'll be in the forest flower dish and it's a beautiful dish um i don't know if anyone saw on our instagram or in our insta travel feature um i've also put it on the website um and it's um a picture of the forest flower salad and it's like a pile of absolutely stunning and is that quite typical of the dishes what what other dishes did you have um so we also had an amazing like really it's a brown butter um kale and greens dish which was absolutely stunning with hazelnuts and and it was one of the one of the best dishes I've had ever like it was just so fresh Mm. and they use really simple cooking methods but it was all caramelized it was amazing and also they have um I went out foraging for mushrooms (laughs) uh with Fleming and we got some absolutely ginormous mushrooms I was like completely blown away by them they were huge no one can see but I'm making a a big um a big circle with my (laughs) hand um but again I've put um pictures of those on my article on the website and um 
they again all all he did is we we foraged for those at about four or five o'clock and then at six o'clock they had already been turned into a dish and they were so it's just quite, with some butter like caramelized it was absolutely quite stunning. simple but really strong flavors yes and fresh yeah food. and then where um so like a they pick a lot from the wild, but also they have a small permaculture farm and that provides the chefs with like other ingredients such as um, like bergamot flowers and sorrel and they're all grown in a... It's, it's like organised chaos. Like it's the <laughs> epitome of organised chaos because it's a stunning uh, garden that's really fruitful, but it's not in rows at all. It's literally just everything climbs <laughs> up amongst each other. Um, they've also got a really impressive insect hotel which provides like the really piney flowery honey um, and a pen that's home to like chickens and Linderod's pigs, which is a breed that's half wild boar and half tame. And they've actually been brought back from the verge of extinction. <laughs> um, yeah, by, by Fleming and um, Meta. So that's, that's really, that's really exciting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then there must be some things they can't produce themselves as well. Did you find some really interesting local suppliers when you were there? Yeah, well, to be to be fair, they really do produce everything. So they made this amazing rye bread, um, which they grind on a stone. You know, it's very, it's very artisan. We were talking about the word artisan recently, saying that it's overused a lot, but it's really going back to like traditional methods. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they also have an amazing organic bakery down the road. It's called Backhaston. Um, and it's a beautiful cafe in a greenhouse. And this guy is called Soren, and he's about 70, 70, 80 years old. And he's been making sourdough bread for years Decades. and years, all of his life. And he's got an amazing um, traditional oven. And you can go, and they've got a big glass window, so you can go and watch him like making the bread. And it, it makes a sourdough with rye, wheat, and barley. So it's a really great combination. Mm-hmm. Um, Was it just delicious? Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Like he he got a batch out of the oven and I couldn't hold it. It was so, it was so hot. And then you just break into it and it's like got this really crisp outer mm. shell and then really fluffy inside. Lovely. And we had some in the car and I was just like, just filled the car with this amazing <laughs> smell. Um, and also quite nearby um, is a place called Slonge Coffee Roaster and that provides beans to restaurants all over Sweden. So, um, you know, they can get a coffee from there if they can't provide it themselves. And, um, and what's it like actually staying there? I mean, where do, where do you sleep and what else can you do when you're there? Um, so it's... At the moment, it's Bedouin tents um, and they're, like... They've got lots of like sturdy wooden floors and cozy blankets and like glowing lanterns. So it's really, um, it's really lovely. It's not like camping, mm. but um, and they've got um, compost toilets as well, which are very, uh, very modern. Um, but by May next year, they're um, building these glass-fronted wooden cabins. I've seen like mock-ups of them, and they're going to be stunning if they're anything like like the mock-ups um and they're gonna be like dotted amongst the trees and around the lake um so it's like adding to that like cabin vibe that a lot of people are you know Lovely. they're getting in on at the moment um and also um they kind of be quite reminiscent of the floating sauna which is that looks kind of, that looked magical yeah that's like the icon of stetsons in the woods so you do you really, swim out to it or no you actually it's on a rope and okay. you step out on this little 
jetty, but it's like a natural jetty because it's made of rocks and you go through the, the little, there's lots of shrubs and you walk through it and then you you go and step onto it. It's got a little tiny deck and it's a little triangle hut and um, it's made of like wood and you go inside and there's a little, there's a little sauna and there's the, the what's it called? The stove yeah. that you put um, the water on, you light the fire and then you you kind of unanchor yourself and then you can float out into the middle of the <laughs> Lake Haller, it's called. It's so peaceful. Yeah, lovely. Um, and there's also a really special rock at one side of the camp next to the water's edge that's a complete sun trap. And I went and just lounged around there for a while. So it's really, honestly, like, it's a place where you... I, I switched my phone on to airplane mode for, like, 48 hours and I was just like, I'm not going to be... I don't want to... Being, be contacted by anybody other than like people around me and like, the people who go and stay also are really interesting like I was there with a couple who run a cookery school in San Francisco they'd flown in that day just to come and visit yeah I, they were visiting the rest of Sweden but I think they were based on this mm. and um uh, a couple who ran, run a wine a sparkling wine bar in Gothenburg, which I'd visited previously, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then a couple from um, Catalonia. So it was it was amazing. The people it's really really foody, but um, everyone like shares you know ideas and thoughts and, and it's sociable really, and welcoming. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. It's not there's no pretense. There's no snobbery at all. Like everybody just mucks in and chats. It sounds really special. And of course, if you want to read more about it, you can check out Alex's feature on the website. Yes, you can. (laughs) Thank you. And last but not least, here's Ellie and Amanda. Olive, we are getting into the festive spirit. You might laugh at us, but we (laughs) think the supermarkets have released their Christmas adverts. Exactly. It's getting dark outside quite early. It's time. It's not far. It might still be November, but it's not far. No, it's time. I'm very excited. It's time to embrace Christmas. (laughs) Exactly. And that got us thinking about ingredients that you use only really at Christmas. And you've just done a Bailey's taste test, haven't you? So we thought um, one good thing that lots of people use comes out of Christmas is Irish cream more specifically Baileys yeah um, and we thought we'd do an Irish cream liqueur taste test just to see what other options are out there and just to see if Baileys really is the best the best and what everyone thinks it is yeah um, and really how it works is the team the team get together and there's about five of them and I request a number of different um, Irish cream alternatives to Baileys yeah and they'll set it all up and they'll try it one after another and make their own notes and everything and then we'll score them usually it's a winner runner-up and everything and then yeah we'll score them one to ten or whatever and decide which is the best one and there were some surprising results weren't there There was Ali yeah so you'd be surprised but you have to go online to read it we're not going to tell you the winner now no so that's on olivemagazine.com it is but um after we did that we realized just how many Irish cream recipes we have exactly. on the Yeah. So in the December issue, we've got a very indulgent Bailey's chocolate tiffin, which is great as a Christmas gift. And that it's is, really pretty. Yeah, it looks yeah. lovely, and it's just lots of chocolate, lots of lots of Irish cream, yeah. and biscuits. Exactly. Really, isn't it? It's got a nice little marble effect and yeah. glitter just to kind of give it a bit of va va voom. And people just 
people just love Irish cream. I feel like everyone forgets about it the rest of the year and then as soon as Christmas comes. Yeah. So it's quite rich and quite indulgent, isn't it? Exactly. And it's, yeah, really nice um, alcoholic kind of added ingredient to add to your... Um, add to your bakes. Exactly. Because we've got a... Um, We've got a sunken Nutella cake, which uses a Bailey's cream as well. And then we've got some really indulgent, boozy hot chocolate pancakes, which have Bailey's in the sauce, which is great for a Christmas day breakfast. Really nice for breakfast and they do really well. Um, We get lots of people making them, I think, don't we? Yeah, everyone, everyone loves those. Yeah. But also there are loads of other liqueurs and drinks that I think people only ever have at Christmas so in our house my dad always makes a hazelnut tiramisu for Christmas day dessert yeah and it has frangelico in oh yeah frangelico and what's that Ellie so that's a hazelnut liqueur and it comes in a bottle that kind of looks like a monk that's the bottle it's a very recognizable bottle yeah and it adds a really like rich boozy kick to the tiramisu but then I'd never think to use it the rest of the year. No, no. I think when it's Christmas, everyone just thinks, oh, it's Christmas. We'll add well, yeah, every type of not? chocolate, every type of foods, every type of anything you just, think just of. Just go all out. Exactly, which you're meant to do. And exactly. it's not just um, um, what, uh, dark chocolate. I think you can use it. You can use white chocolate too. Mm. We've got other kind of gifting ideas, like a, um, a Bailey's white chocolate kind of fudge, which is quite oh, nice. Yes. That, Sim- that's a lovely gift. Yeah, though, isn't similar it? to the Tiffin, where you can you could add it into nice little bags, bags or something and take it round. Definitely. And a, a nice uh, chocolate tart um, with Bailey's ice cream and a roulade with white oh. chocolate as well. Wow. So many options. And another one of those is brandy. Yes. And People, I think the smell of brandy just, as soon as I smell it, it just reminds me of Christmas. Yeah. Because obviously brandy sauce, brandy on butter. Your, yeah. People put it on, in there. Put it Christmas on, pudding. Exactly. Light it on fire. Light it on fire. The dramatic <laughs> Christmas yeah. day that always kind of goes wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a really popular one as well. But, um, and we've got a mince meat pie recipe which uses brandy in it. So that's, that's like a mince pie, but more of a dessert kind yeah. of thing. And that gives it a really nice little kind of kick, doesn't it? Mm. To add to that kind of mince meat, but it's also like Christmas as that, well. Christmas, yeah. As soon as it's like, as soon as you taste these drinks, you just you're yeah. like, oh, it's yeah. Christmas. It's Christmas here. has arrived. <laughs> um, and when we had all the bottles of Irish cream liqueur, everyone was walking past and they were like, wow, you really <laughs> are getting into the Christmas yeah. spirit, aren't yeah. you? I know, we were never short of any sort of booze here at Ollie. No. <laughs> um, and Contro as well. Contro, yes. We've got um, recipes online for that too, don't we? Yeah, I feel like that's something, that's a liqueur that I always... It's always in the back of my head and when you have a drink, but for some reason at Christmas, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. it's one of those bottles that I feel like everyone has, but then they don't really use it that much. No, I, then, yeah, it's one of those in your cupboard that your parents have got and they've got like yeah. every sort of liqueur. Or, yeah, and you're going through like, what yeah, are spirits all these? in there? Going, what shall I use? They only come out at Christmas. <laughs> but, um, and another one of those is slow gin. Yeah, slow gin. That's, really I just popular. remember people, everyone... And everyone still does make bottles of slow gin yeah. to give it as like a gift and then go exactly. foraging for the... And on the slow gin thing, that's uh, the next taste test we're going to be doing as well. So yes, um, I'm going, we've got some already in, but we're going to request those slow gin to taste those. Compare the... And we'll give you our best version of what we think's out there to yes. get you through the Christmas that's, period. That's a really warming spirit, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like gin is a very popular spirit, but adding some slow berries to it just yeah, yeah, exactly. makes it a little bit more festive. 
perspective. And also going back to the um, the Baileys, if you are, did want to, if you didn't have any li- lying around, or you wanted to add a bit of a kick yeah. to your hot chocolate, we actually have a recipe online on how oh, to yes. make Irish cream. Of course. So what is Irish cream? Do you just want to Irish, run through? Yeah, Irish cream is quite simple. It's um, whiskey, Irish whiskey. Yeah. That's obviously the Irish aspect <laughs> to it. Um, with cream. And oh. literally that's all it is. Um, more than often it's Irish cream. Um, yeah. Give me the roots where it comes from and lots of other. What we found from the ones we've tried have other added ingredients. Oh, okay. like, so some have like chocolate. Yeah, cocoa or vanilla, a little hint of other sorts of alcohol in there or different spirits. So it's really down to um, the provider or whoever, but it's generally whiskey and cream, like what it says. (laughs) Does what it says on the tin. Um, And so when our recipe for making the Irish liqueur, so that, do we add that to a hot chocolate? Yeah, so it's specifically we've got it on there as um, making your own um, to go to pimp up your, like your hot chocolate type thing. Oh, okay. So um, rather than just having a standard rich chocolate, you can have a bit of an added Baileys in bit. there. And um, that's what a lot of people do at Christmas. I feel like you can have hot chocolate all year round, but as soon as it gets to Christmas, yeah. you have to add a boozy kick to it, don't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's very simple. Our recipe uses condensed milk and a bit of coffee extract too um, okay. so if you've got that laying around I know my mum often when I've looked in her cupboard has a random bit of camp um, coffee extract yeah and I remember when I was younger thinking what does she use that for <laughs> now you know but she likes so. to have a little um, Irish uh, Irish kick of a Irish cream in her co- a hot chocolate or coffee but why not yeah and I feel like the one that, that we've missed out on one of the most Christmassy drinks is mulled wine, isn't it? Oh, is Ellie? Mulled wine is... <laughs> How could we forget? And like mulled cider and too. And mulled cider. Mulled wine season, I feel, starts quite early. As soon as as soon as it's bonfire night, really, it's people, out, are, yeah. people are enjoying the mulled wine. It's so cheap to make as well. Like, I often mm. make my own, just like you don't have to yeah. an expensive bottle of red wine or anything. No, because you can just add all the fruits and cinnamons and yeah. spices to it and let it just kind of simmer down yeah um so it's very and it's that again is a really nice gift like yeah to bring and it's great because i remember being little and going around when had christmas parties and then and that smell of mulled wine yeah like of it just simmering down with all the spices and being like oh what's that yeah i know <laughs> it's, it's so true a, yeah such a festive smell isn't it yeah and where i'm from in, in the west country it's mulled i know it's in the country oh, yeah. mulled cider is very it's, popular too so, so is that the same process you just use cider yeah instead? i mean i don't i've never made mulled cider i've only ever yeah um and i always really like the cloudy kind of apple yeah ones um because unfortunately as a west country girl i'm not a massive cider fan but i do like mulled cider um anyway so yeah but i haven't ever made that myself but, but sure i can imagine that's a similar process yes, of just probably not as simmering down yeah. the cider yeah definitely so I think we've covered quite a lot there of boozy yeah. things to make with <laughs> hope, your Christmas bakes. Yeah, I think we should have everyone in the festive spirit now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sure coming closer to Christmas, we'll talk to you more about other Christmas bits and bobs we've got coming up. Definitely. And if you want to try out any of these recipes yourself, they're all on olivemagazine.com yep. and the Bailey's Chocolate Tiffin is in the December issue, which is... Um, on sale at the moment it is and we've made it easy for you to have a look online we've created little collections of boozy bakes or as just baileys irish cream bakes so you can just have a little whiz through and see what takes you fancy there's no excuse not to get baking (laughs) exactly (laughs) great thanks ellie 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I hope you're now feeling suitably festive. Don't forget you can buy Olive Magazine in all good supermarkets and newsagents. You can also download the Snazzy Digital Edition via our app or you can read it online at olivemagazine.com. Tell us what you've loved and hated if you're so inclined. On whichever social media channel takes your fancy, just tag us in at Olive Magazine. And if you really love us and we really hope that you do, please can you review and rate us and subscribe over at iTunes. It helps us scoot a bit further up the chart which is no bad thing, is it? Thank you very much. And until next time, bye.